1: Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com/pack for free shipping and 365 day returns.
0: The Talksport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muk Delivery, bringing you the food you love.
1: Hello and welcome to the Known and Never podcast. I'm Natalie Bromley, stepping in for Jamie Smith, our regular host and anchorman who is once again absent. Jamie, your big skiver. Joining me as ever are our committed and regular panellists, James and Kevin. We're here to talk about another away day at Sunderland. We're going to have a look at some internationals and we're going to look ahead to the Spurs game at home. But let's start with Sunderland at home. Another point away from home I guess that takes our tally up to three this season we didn't lose away from home more More importantly we have come to the end of this horrendously long run of away games that we thought we would never ever ever end (laughs) (laughs) two cheers all around James, it was a game of two halves, I think, really, it was, it was Saturday. I think Clarets came out looking quite positive in the first half, and I guess we really should have had Sunderland way past any point of coming back by half time. But, usual story Sunderland came out in the second half with a bit of fight back, and Burnley seemed to retreat into a bit of defensive nervousness. What did uh, you make of the whole thing?
2: Just, I think it's a typical Burnley away performance, isn't it? You know, all season it's been a story of games where. We've performed in one half and then not the other uh, but we've still not done enough in either of them to actually secure three points. Um, it, it almost feels like um, we, we, we're trolling our own fans at this stage <laughs> we've, we've seen it all season. how many times have we gone to like a weaker side <laughs> or you know in the case earlier the season we went to West Ham <clears throat> you know they were really struggling with the new ground. Looked like the perfect opportunity to go and get that first away win and we were for the first half woeful it improved in the second but it was you know too late by that point and now obviously we've gone to Sunderland they rock bottom they don't look like they've got a cat in hell's chance of staying up and we played well for the first half don't manage to score and then second half we we seem to invite them to to try and have a go and um it just it just doesn't make sense why we're so incapable, you know, away from home compared to at home, and, you know. It's it's not like we we don't get chances in these games, you know. There chances, and yeah, you're right. You know, we we just need to need to take them, you know. Particularly that that Barnes one. He, I mean, he's six yards out, he just needs to get his foot on it in the right direction. It's a goal, and you know he puts it wide, so.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think one of the things we talked about earlier on in the season when we were in the euphoria of our heavy (laughs) home wins, we were saying that we were actually we were really praising the team for managing to be ruthless in the home games around those type of teams that we couldn't beat the last two fixtures. Sorry, last two campaigns. But we were doing the likes of Southampton at home, the likes of Bournemouth at home and Leicester. We were turning losses into draws and draws into wins. But that just doesn't seem to to be happening on the road at all. Um, Kevin it's still a point away from home and, and a lot of people do quite rightly point out that any point you get away in the Premier League is a really good point you know you can't it's very hard to win away from home now a lot of people certainly a lot of the fans really expected this to be our first win just because of Sunderland's league position and their struggles but are we really bothered about where these points are coming from or is it just a case of they can come from anywhere and just see where we are at the end of the season?
3: Yeah, of course they all, of course they all count, and it's, it hopefully it will be an invaluable point. Uh, what takes us on the road to safety um, at, at the end of the season? At the end of the season, we're not going to bother where the where the points come from. My concern is that I don't want to take this hoodoo in throughout the summer and into next season. I don't want to start next season still yeah, having not have still having not won um on the road because we know it's, it's obviously a psychological barrier at the moment there's, there's no way other way of putting it there's no you know sean dice has talked about luck here and there and this and that uh i think that, that mirror article we talked about the other week was talking about how we've been unlucky in certain aspects okay that might be the case in one or two very small areas but on the whole we are a completely different team uh, away from home and at home both in the way we set up and also just in the way we apply ourselves and the, the, the things like the confidence and, and things like that and it's very clear there's a big psychological um, difference between playing at home and playing away and, and have, not winning away from home is obviously having an effect and yeah of course over the summer you have a bit of a reset some people leave some people come in uh, you've got that time time to reflect Sean Dyche will get back in and will he'll be able to get them going out with a fresh slate almost this is providing we all stay up by the way this, if we go down it's completely different but if, providing we stay up you don't want to go into next season still looking for that you want to be able to break that and kind of release that that something that's tying us back a little bit so that's, that's my concern Yeah I think
1: that's a good concern actually and I, and I- I kind of feel like Daish has addressed that himself this week if you look at the post-match interviews he's he's, for the first time he's been quite bullish with his approach with this and he's sort of come out and said that he's not shying away from the really poor record on the road he does admit that it's really poor and he does admit that it needs looking at you know he does caveat that by saying that point that it doesn't really matter at the end of the season where the points come from but Kevin you're right you know we can't let this spill into next season because it just we're not going to get the same amount of points next season at, at home than we are so we don't want to be a second season syndrome side We want to stay up and, into a third season So you're right, it does need looking at um, James, the big pre-game talking point and I'm coming to you because I just don't even raise this with Kevin because I really am quite concerned <laughs> about his anger management <laughs> levels. But, James, obviously the big pre-game talking point was the fix- uh, the team list when it came out. And once again, Dyche went for Arfield and Boyd on the wings and dropped our record signing left winger, who is supposed to be the saviour of our creativity in the side, back on the bench. Now... I'm going to focus on Arfield here because we've gone over Boyd quite a few times, and I think I think there's not a natural um, cover for Boyd on the right anyway. There's nobody else who would come in and, and play that now. Good Munson's injured, so I, I think obviously Arfield's the the most obvious one because it seems like it's either Arfield or Boyd, with Arfield getting the nod. Um, he seemed to play better. And I've actually seen, I'm sorry, Kevin, but I have seen newspaper reports today, including the BBC, who have put Arfield as a man in the match and even said he was our most creative player.
3: That doesn't say much, though, does it?
1: (laughs) Well, no, it doesn't. But James what do you do if you're Dyche do you do you give Brady that game time and let him try and force his way into this side and to find his role in this team or do you go with tried and tested Arfield who boy, uh, sorry who Dyche seems to absolutely rely on and, and, and think the world of or is it just a case of this negative nervousness away from home as opposed to a a, a real opportunity to, to go for it what what would you do
2: <clears throat> I'd <I> drop Arfield <laughs>
1: Okay, do take some time to think about
2: it, by the way. <laughs> just, I mean, there were some moments early on in the game where I just thought Arthur looked aimless, maybe is the best way to put it. In what way? <sighs> he just doesn't seem to know what he wants to do with the ball. His, his touch mm-hmm. has been, I think, poor this season. Um, you know, there was one moment where, uh, I think, was the pass intended for Ward? Feel like it was intended for Ward. And you could tell it was ne- definitely not intended for Arthur. It was it with such power. And he cut it off halfway through and then gave it straight away. And you were like, what are you doing? It was one of the most frustrating things you've ever seen. Um, where you could see that, you know, a good move had the, a chance of developing. And he's, he's cut a ball out that clearly wasn't intended for him. Um, I just feel like that the Brady situation, it it's like when... Uh, Hendrick first signed I think you know maybe I can't remember how many games in we were when Hendrick scored his first now but maybe four or five games in I think we were starting to talk like is Hendrick worth the money we've paid for him you know maybe yeah we did was he a bit pricey is, is he going to cut it at this level um and then obviously he scored that great goal and he, he's come pretty good since then you know he's been playing a decent yeah. game
1: it certainly um, feels, doesn't it, that like, that people are saying that is it is it that Brady is poor, or is it that he's just not adapted to the league, or is it the Hendrick problem in that he just needs to find his feet? So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and
2: you know, and Brady, I think what we're seeing him so far is it's not been what you'd expect for for someone who's has a club record. Theon, I think he's you know, obviously the free kick against Chelsea was fantastic, but his end delivery has been for me very disappointing. Uh, I think you know, do
1: you think it's nerves, James? Do you think he's, do you think he's nervous? Uh, yeah. I think he's feeling
2: the pressure? I mean, potentially, but then he scored that free kick against Chelsea, and you know, you'd think in a dead ball situation, there's more pressure on him than than in a yeah, an
0: maybe.
2: Open situation. you know, you've got the time to think about it. The walls there, you know, you're trying to pick your spot. Whereas when you're in an open open play situation, I mean, just getting the ball around the six yard box aimlessly would be better than some of the crosses he's put in where they've gone straight out of play. So, you know, his end product has been disappointing. And, you know, when we shipped out Michael Cartley, people used to complain about his end product, but he was never quite that. <laughs> um, but I think it is, you know, you do need to have the, a bit of patience really with him. Mean, I think playing more and hope that he settles in and the end product gets better and, you know, make sure he works when he's crossing on the training pitch. But And some of it obviously will come with playing with the strikers and, you know... Knowing the sort of balls Andre Grey wants, which is something we're not been very good at this season. Uh, hopefully Volks is up front with him, knowing what sort of balls Box can get at the end of, and just keep trying to put him in the box.
3: Yeah, um, I think I think that's that's a really big thing for me. You actually I'm looking at the games he's played just to confirm and yeah. He's gotta remember Brady has started three games for us. Two of those games have been away from home where we are not just very poor, um, but also we set up a lot more defensively than we do at home. So, you know, Brady's ex- going to be a lot more, his job's going to be a lot more difficult against, in those away games, particularly against the likes of kind of Hull and Swansea, um, where we we, we st- played quite defensively. Um, so, that only, the only other game he started was at home to, to Chelsea, which is a difficult match in itself, but also it is. His first, um, his his full debut for the club, um, all those things make it uh, you know a, a bit more difficult to judge off. And then he's come on for the last few minutes um, in two more away games and, and struggled to uh, to make an impact. I think when you look at it that way, I don't think it, I don't I think it's a bit a little bit harsher to judging too too strongly. Like I say we took Hendrik quite a while to settle. And you, when you when you when you look at saying he's only been he's only started he's only played. In one home game, and that was against the best team in the country, one of the best teams in the world right now, um, and he scored. Um, then he, I, I, don't think, I don't think we can kind of look at him too negatively. The only other games he's played have been have been in away games when everyone's been very poor, and we've played a system that hasn't suited him very well. Um, and like James mm. said, he's not had the, had much of a chance to. To get to get to used to the way we to get used to the way we play with those attackers because Andrew Gray has probably touched the ball about six times in all those games combined, um, and yeah, I, I, I just think and the, the way you combat that is not by giving him five ten minutes at the, la- at the end of games. I think he really needs to be getting into getting into the team and playing more often. Having said that, I do think that he'll um, come back into the team uh, now we're back at turf Moor. Um, yeah, I agree with you. I, I, I said earlier about the, the way that we, we set up defensively in the, those away games, and I think that probably came into Daish's thinking um, with leaving him out as well. I'd be very mm-hmm. surprised if um, he continues on the bench now we're back at home and playing with yeah. a bit a, a bit more freedom.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think I think the biggest thing for me is that I think Dyche has just been a little bit too quick, a bit too hasty to to drop him. I think it feels like he's been very harsh and dropped him at the first sign that he didn't think that he was is quite what he where he wanted him to be. Yet we've talked before about players who've had a really long poor run in the in, in the team, especially when they're not p- particularly performing very well. And Dyche seems to persist with them over and over again. So he makes some very odd selections sometimes, and it, 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 you feel like he's a very loyal manager, but that loyalty feels misplaced sometimes. It, it with certain scenarios. It's very odd. Um, Kevin, just sticking with you. Um, the one positive um, pre-match news was the return of Stephen DeFore to the bench, which obviously was very, very um, welcome news to all of us. I think it's, the side is, is crying out for the creativity that Defoe can bring. Sadly, he didn't make it onto the pitch, which seemed to just be incredibly frustrating. It, it was a game that was crying out for some, um, some creativity and just to try and get some, some chances there. And it just didn't happen. Now, do you think, why do you think Dyche didn't put him on, on the pitch? Do you think it was down to fitness, not wanting to risk him? Or do you think by the second half when Sunderland came at us and we were sort of backs the wall a little bit, do you think Dyche was just a little bit too nervous and wanted to go very defensive as opposed to, to, to bringing him on to try and attack?
3: I, I think it is a mix of the two. I think that it, it, to force somebody who hasn't shown... Um, that he's the, the, the fittest player um, for Burnley in, in, in this season. He's obviously had a few struggles with his fitness throughout the season. Um, he's been out of for action for a long time. I think he's only played that one um, that one reserve game, if I'm, if I'm right. Um, certainly not a lot of football he's played anyway. Um, and I think he was on the bench, not with any intention of actually using him. I think if we needed to use him, we would have used him. But I don't think he was there with Dyche thinking okay let's get him on with uh and get him on and playing I think he was there just to ease him back into back into the system and if we needed to play him we could bring him on but similarly again something else we've seen with Stephen DeFort is that we, we've doubted this season whether Sean Dice really trusts him defensively in a 4-4-2 yeah, and whether he fits true. into that system and when you've got that you've got three factors combined you've got just that fact alone that Sean Dyes doesn't trust him as much in a 4-4-2 you got the fact that we were coming under a lot of pressure um, and we really needed to keep that stability really because um, and if, if Sean Dyche doesn't trust him in that system then that kind of breaks that stability M- that's multiplied again that those two points with the fact that he was injured I think even if he was fit I think the fact that he has been injured and has been out and probably needs a bit of time to settle into it it, it just wasn't the right situation to bring him on, I don't think. Um yeah. if you know if if he'd been not been out injured you or know, if he'd been back for quite a while and back in was fully fully in, into into that rhythm of playing and first team football, we might if we, we might have been more of a case to bring him on. But I think there's three factors there that probably weighed into into Sean Dyche's thinking and I, I wasn't I, I wasn't surprised to see him um, see him remain on the bench. Obviously I would have liked to see him come on um if yeah, the situation was right for him because we need we we needed a bit of creative creativity, but I can certainly I wasn't surprised at all um, yeah. that you were on the bench.
1: I agree with all of those points, and I think that's probably the right approach. But I think it's just so frustrating for fans, and we've talked about this before that we just want to see him play. He's one of the most creative players and the biggest flair players we've had at Burnley forever, and. It's widely anticipated that he's going to leave us at the end of the season, that he will go somewhere else. And if he does, we've just I just feel like we've missed an opportunity this season to see him play as much as we would. But who knows? We, in Dutch, we trust, I believe, is, is the phrase that we should all be using. So I'm sure he's got a, a game plan with that. Um, James, can I just come back to you just for, for the, my last point on Sunderland, actually, before we move on? I'm uh, just picking up on something that you said in the um, early parts of the podcast. Um, obviously, one of the key chances in the first half was that Barnes miss. Um, I think there was also a, a good chance in the second half that Vaux missed as well. And we, we've talked before about the um, ruthlessness of our strikers in front of goal. Um, where do you stand with our Strikers. I mean, do you feel like we are a side that's not scoring enough goals? Do you think we've scored about enough? I mean, we've scored 31 this campaign, which is already three more, I believe, than the last um, season that we were up here. And it is about average for the the sides around us, for sort of lower mid-table sides. But it just feels like we're missing too many chances. You know, Barnes, how we can score that amazing goal against Liverpool, which was a much harder chance, and then miss the one against Sunderland. I mean... What I guess where where do you stand with our strikers at the moment and, and what's your best two? What would you who would you play?
2: I'll start with the last question first. it's easy. It's it's got to be Volks and Grey. Yeah. Proven partnership. So. <laughs> Proven at the championship, whether, you know, the number of goals we scored together, the understanding they've got together. You know, we've only really seen Barnes and Grey work once. Um and you know, I feel like Barnes is more of a disruptive influence rather than uh, you know, a more tactical player and Gray just seems to have the, a bit of a connection with Volks. You know, Volks wins the ball in the air. I think a lot of the time, you know, Barnes challenges for the ball, but does he win it as often in the air as Volks? I don't, don't think he does. Um, and I think Volks is the better finisher of the two. I'd definitely say Volks is the more complete footballer, even though you'd maybe say that, you know, Volks isn't necessarily the best for his feet because he's a, a big lad, you know, he's a, a force in the air. But he can still take a ball down really well um, and he can still finish a chance from sort of close range, which is what Barnes obviously didn't do. You know, if you look at the Barnes chance on, on Saturday, if that falls to Andre, I think he definitely scores. Um, he at least make, makes the keeper work from that sort of range. Um, I think for me, the problem is the, the way we play for our strikers. And, you know, I think we've scored a reasonable amount of goals at home. Um, I think the problem is that we've just not scored anywhere near enough away from home. Uh, you know, there's only really the game against Lincoln in the Cup, you'd say at home, where we missed a lot of chances that we, we should have scored. Um, whereas away from home, it seems every week we're talking about chances that really we should have taken, but didn't. Um, Gray was running the channels well. I think that's a big part of the problem. Andre Gray should be nowhere near close to running the channels. That shouldn't be what he has to do. I mean, it. It's a, He's he's good at it. You know, he'll chase lost causes. He's, I think, in most games we've played this season, probably the quickest player on the pitch. But he needs to be in the middle. He needs to be in places where, yeah, if you get the does. ball to him, he's got a chance to have a good angle and get a shot off and and score. And we saw how that can work against Sunderland at home. You know, those balls came within the you know the confines of the penalty area for him to run onto, and he, he's taken a, a hat trick away from it. You know, I think you've got to play to your strengths and our strengths. Yeah,
3: we're not wise. doing that, Oh, we? At it's point? Andre
2: Gray. Um, and, you know, you've got you've got to look for ways to exploit the ball in the back. There's been some teams we've played this season that have awfully slow defences, you know, that are just right. Yeah, we don't first. run at them.
1: And Andre is really fast. Yeah, we're not playing to his speed and his strength and you're not allowing him the, the ability to do that.
2: No, like I said, in most games this season, I'm sure he's been the fastest player on the pitch.
1: Yeah, I think um, you're right. You've, yeah. got
2: to, you've got to take advantage. of it. You've got to play it to people's strengths.
1: Oh, yeah, Kevin. Just a final point on this for you. Um, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Next season, do you persist with Barnes, or is he at the end now? What is your view?
3: Well, I was I was literally just about to interrupt and say that I wouldn't be disappointed or surprised
1: if, if it goes.
3: <laughs> both see both um, Barnes and Volks leave in the summer if we remain in the Premier League. I don't think I don't think either of them are up to a up to a premier league um up to the premier league standard they've done a, a decent ish job but the, neither of them are, look like premier league premier league players um and if we want to remain in the premier league again next season if we stay up then we need significantly um Better quality um, up top than yeah. than both of us. We players. Need some
1: youth as well. Some of these players yeah. are our a little bit now, so yeah, we need to refresh it. No, I agree. I think it's uh, I think it's a frustrating one. I think we'll leave Sunderland there and we will move on. But I think at the end of the day, um, you know, it, it's another point away from home. It has extended that gap for away from the bottom three from seven points to eight points, and it's just another game ticked off. And whilst it's it's frustrating not to get our away win, we're back at turf now. And we're back onto a regular fixture um, list, and and. Let's see where we can go now. I'm sure Dyche will be firing the guys up on it. Again, we've said this before, but it wouldn't actually surprise me if we end up getting something from Spurs. But uh, but no, we'll move on from the Sunderland game now and we will return to our regular and original feature this week's Tweet of the Week. Tweet of the
3: week, tweet of the week. Tweet of the week, tweet of the week, tweet of the week,
1: tweet of the week, tweet of the week. So, we stay with the Sunderland Games.
3: Whoa, 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 whoa.
1: Oh, my God. You see, this is what happens, listeners. I mean, rolls, and I forget.
3: That's because you weren't teed up. Do you want me to tee you up? I wasn't.
1: Please, will you tee me up for Tweet of the Week? Thank you, Kevin.
3: So, we'll leave Sunderland there, and now it's over to Natalie for Tweet of the Week. Tweet of the Week, Tweet of the Week. Tweet of the Week, Tweet of the Week. Tweet of the
1: Week, Tweet of the Week, Tweet of the Week indeed thank hey. you <laughs> so we stay with the sunderland game for this week's tweet of the week and we that tweet of the week i'm going to try again. <laughs> tweet of even, a beating. that's good leaving
2: the sunderland game behind <laughs> indeed so <for> the sunderland <laughs> <I> t-
1: game <laughs> oh god yeah of course and i don't even i'm having a real problem saying tweet of the week I, i'm making What's it going to be next week? Tweet of the week god knows <laughs> i'm gonna try that again okay This week's tweet of the week goes to Simon Finch and he asks the question, is the anomaly our home form or our away form? Staying up was the aim at the start of this season and we're on course to do that. Thank you, Simon. That won this week's tweet of the week. So moving on, we obviously have a break this week where all of us, well, a vast majority of our squad on international duty, we've got as become i think the norm recently quite a few players off with their nations we've got obviously heaton and keen away with england we've got all three players away with ireland books again with wales and interestingly mr arfield has been called up to the canada squad and they play um scotland on wednesday so i'm sure quite a few people will be having a look at that with uh, a raised eyebrow i think there's a bit of a grudge match going on there but James, what is your view of um, international breaks? I mean, obviously, as a football fan, it's quite, um, especially with England at the moment being not the most comfortable to watch. Um, a lot of people do miss their club football, but are you? Do you think it's a good or a bad thing to have quite a lot of your squad away on in international duty? I mean, there's there's criticisms over how much rest they get, or whether it keeps the momentum going. Obviously, the risk of injuries, or whether it takes their focus away from the club. Do you? What's your view on on having players away with with internationals?
2: Um I mean obviously there's a concern there that uh you know players could get injured, et cetera, but you you have those concerns all the time are not you it's like you know a player could get injured on the training field, so um personally, I don't really watch much international football, you know sort of until the until the tournaments come round I sort of give it a bit of a miss but uh i mean sometimes it, I think it's just nice that it gives you a little bit of a Break. I think it depends where you are in the season. Like this international break coming I mean, up when it does, I'm not going to complain too much because you know we've been on the back of having, um, you know, a, a, not a very good run. Obviously, playing every game away from home, uh, and there's a few injuries in the squad. Uh, so, I think it, it presents a nice opportunity for players to rest up. And, uh, and it's a big weekend in the cycling calendar, so I can watch that instead.
1: Okay, <laughs> that, that's fair enough. I think birdies set his stall out quite, quite. Just a joke, to, uh, you know.
3: just to make myself even more of a international football hipster, it's a year since I've watched any international football, even including, really? including, including tournaments. So I can go one wow. better than you, James. Absolutely
2: hipster. I still think I only watched one tournament game last season. Maybe.
1: Do you not get? Do you not find it exciting though when Burnley players are involved in international? Because it it certainly makes a difference to me, and I will pay much more attention to to size when when Heaton got his his um, first England cap, albeit for that what was it thirty say or three minutes, whatever it was. And then when he played that half, I, I got I was much more interested because it's a Burnley just, player.
2: Just waited for everyone to tweet about it.
1: That's what oh I my found god. Out. You two are so negative.
2: I I've got to
3: say I, I did. I, I searched his name on Twitter, saw a picture, and that's that was it really. That was, wow.
2: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I've I've got to be honest, I'm gonna really lay my start here. I I don't really watch a lot of football other than Burnley. I watch everything. No, every
3: no me neither. Yeah, but, no I you know,
1: I'm I the opposite, I watch a lot.
2: Uh, I watch a lot, but I
1: don't watch at the same level of commitment as I do to Burnley, obviously, because it's much more exciting.
2: Football's just not what it was these days. I don't
1: think. I know. Okay, well, well, what about the what about the the really exciting thing with Arfield this week? Obviously, he it's been well documented that he's been left out of the Scotland side weirdly for for years, and was actually told, "No, you're never playing for Scotland." And obviously, Canada he's gonna he's gonna face Scotland at the weekend. Should does that make you excited at all? Does that make you want to watch it?
3: Did you really just ask if I want to watch Scott Arfield play?
1: I did. This is a serious. Question. Oh yeah, actually, that was a bad question. You know what? <laughs> it wasn't until you actually said that I thought, yeah, maybe strike that question. Birdie, does it not make you want to watch Scott? Arfield? Oh no, I can't. Ask I,
3: believe,
2: I believe David Edgar's injured, isn't he? So I mean, there's no reason to want it. because we're you know, we're Burnley fans. Sorry, a bit of the Kevin's then, didn't I? Yeah. Uh, Burnley <laughs> fans are just obsessed with former players. So That's actually a good
1: thing though. I'm it's not
2: I'm a bad all, thing. I'm keen to watch um an international if say uh Marvin Sodell got called up or you know Oh my
1: god Oh my goodness
2: he come back. South Borussia, is he still playing for Albania? I did see some on Twitter the, the weekend actually, is,
1: actually.
2: But he got a he got a big hero's welcome when he visits Albania, didn't he? Mm, maybe well I think think, Australia's A
1: league it is well I think I I was obviously going to get really excited and see if we could build some really good support for Scott Arfield in his quest against Scotland but listeners you're going to have to help me out on this one because I picked the wrong audience with Kevin and Bird to ask them to get excited about Scott Arfield International Mm -hmm. so do tweet me if you're watching the game do tweet me uh, and let me know how you think he's getting on and and see if he scores I I imagine that would be pretty exciting but Turning, I guess to, I guess our England chances. Um, Keane's still waiting for his cap. Kevin, do you see him getting one in this round of fixtures, or do you think he's there purely for for backup squad at the moment?
3: Um, I don't know. What what fi- is it? A competitive? A friendly? friendlies? what well, this is? I don't even know who what what the who are games in, are.
2: Who are England even playing?
3: Yeah. If it's a friendly, I think he'd, I'd expect him to get play something. If it's not, then probably not. But I, I don't know who we're playing. I don't know what what kind of competition or whatever it is. So I don't know what who what what the fixtures. Does, does anybody know? Anybody? Is anybody? I, was, there? I
1: did. A, I did a Kevin. <laughs> I was just I was just going mad then and saying no, this is really exciting. And I was on mute. I did. I did. A, I did a Kevin. But um. Yes, they are. They, I actually thought they were two friendlies, but one's a qualifier. So they, they're playing Germany on Wednesday.
2: I've just um, looked it up. It's Lithuania. Yeah. Right?
1: And, yeah, but it's a, qual- a qualifier.
2: You could put us
3: three out against Lithuania. That, yeah, but that's what I mean. <laughs> That'd be amazing.
1: <laughs> oh, my God. Can you imagine? But seriously, from a... Michael Keane's obviously got some real um, ambition to play at international level. Surely these are the fixtures that you would hope that he gets his cap from it, to at least try and get his profile going. I know how much you two love your profiles. <laughs> what,
2: what other defenders are in the England squad? Uh,
1: there is, obviously, well, I think there's. I think Cahill and Stones. There are, is. <laughs> guys, there are many. Oh, my God, you're putting me on the spot here. Hang on a second. Uh, England squad. I think, I suspect the most people expect him to play Stones and Cahill at the back. Um, I don't know who else is there. They are pretty poor. Oh, i going to.
2: I've just gone on, actually. Tom Heaton and Michael Keane are first in their categories. Does that mean they're definitely going to start? Is that how we put it it?
1: I would have hoped so. Do
2: you know, actually, while we are talking about England, something I did notice, and I am actually outraged about this, I I did almost get excited about international football to, to be angry about this. Marcus Rashford getting in the squad. Yeah. That is obscene.
1: Well, I think we will uh, we'll move on there. Listeners, I'm, I'm sorry, I did try and build us some kind of exciting international segment for you but Birdie and Kevin were having none of it and I think um, I'm going to struggle to get them, I'm going to get them, I probably struggle more to get them excited about international football than Burnley's next away fixture so apologies. Uh, we'll move on and apparently I'm told that at this stage I have no option but to concede and allow Birdie into Kitely corner or Marvin's mentions or whatever it's called these days so bird it over to you let us know what's happening in the players that have left us
2: great week Carrie county corner in that he's back in the side uh, uh, didn't score himself but uh, watched the highlights and it was fantastic to see him celebrating with uh, Marvin Sodell because <laughs> great week for Marvin's mention he scored a brace
1: way well done, Marvin, I can't tell you. I'm nearly as excited about your international uh, enthusiasm as I am about this feature.
2: Well, Marvin Sodell, two excellent back, port, uh, back post-porture goals. Uh, unfortunately, it wasn't enough for, for Burton, who got beat by 3 but two great goals from uh, from Marvin. Uh, good to see him doing well.
3: Bring him back. Bring, bring, him, him, back.
1: Back. <laughs> bring him
3: back. Bring him back. Do you think him he can back. bring some
1: creativity to our side if we bring him back here? Who knows? Is I don't know. So is that a, is that all of your updates, Birdie? I'm I'm unfamiliar with this new feature. I don't know whether I need to give you more time to talk about maybe Chris Eagles who left us 25 years ago or whatever.
2: Oh, Chris Eagles is quite a few weeks down now. He? Yeah. Uh, he just yeah. never quite had the appeal. I don't think that oh. he, these two characters did. <laughs>
3: Actually, I didn't really mark like Marvin said at the time, but I think he he, he tries hard, doesn't he? Once the game? didn't didn't he? Did he get married? Kind of the night before, or like a couple of days before the match as well. Did I'm sure? I'm sure did. That's, so what a great what a great week for him. He, he looks so happy in his wedding photo as well. He looks Who so happy. Who are we happy.
2: talking about? Marvin. So Marvin. Oh, Marvelous okay. Marvin. He got
3: he got um, married. He got married and then scored. Then scored two goals and he what wow. just what a great week a for week. him.
1: What a week.
2: So, well, you
3: since you asked about Chris,
2: uh, Chris Eagles, he did start March off in a uh, goal-scoring way. Well, scored two to start the month. Uh, I, Paul, I'm
1: honestly, this is my favorite part of the, the I, podcast. I can't begin well, to actually, tell you. Saturday. His,
2: we're going to go off topic for a moment, but Kev mentioned oh, weddings. We're going to go off topic, James. That's, that's, that's to go not off like this. You've got 30
1: seconds, Birdie.
2: Fantastic tweet I saw the other day from my uh, local police force, Barrow Police, <laughs> uh, that a bride and her new mother-in-law, both arrested on Saturday night, for uh, disturbing the peace at the Abbey Hotel, uh, woke up in the cells the next day. Uh, not off to a great start that wedding, so hopefully Marvin's was far better.
3: Great,
1: thanks for that. Yes, thanks for that. I'm going to regain some control of this podcast now and I'm going to move us away from this farcical nature. Is it of this section. It's not time just yet, Kevin, I'm afraid. Oh. We are going to move on to preview the Spurs game. Burnley finally get to go back up to turf Moor after the international break. And we get to actually watch our side from the home stands and cheer them on and, and hopefully another win. Um, Kevin... When we played away at White Hart Lane, I think that was widely considered to be one of our best away games this season. Certainly one of our best away performances, despite the loss. Um, And it seemed to be a turnaround of our some really poor showings away from home. Do you have any expectations of the home game? Uh, You know, even if we play as well as we did with the home advantage and obviously, um, you know, Spurs will will want to win because they want to keep pushing for that top four. But do you have any expectations or do we think this is just not one we stand a chance?
3: well it's I mean it's hard to say we've been on the turf more this season because obviously we are so we've had so many very good results and unexpected results having said that spurs are in phenomenal form at the moment they are really playing very very well um I think they've won kind of loads of games in a row so a long time since they since they got beat i'm trying to I'm looking through their results here trying to find the last time they got beat and um, I've just scrolled too far and I can't find anything so obviously they're, they're playing very very well at the moment um, it, it'd be interesting to see what happens actually because we've done so well at home this season and it'd be interesting to see how much of that is built on momentum and whether it's been kind of, is it like a month and a half or something like that since we, since we last played at home um, really interesting to see if that has an effect on on our game because we've we've been playing so well at home but we've always had you know maybe two or three weeks between home games whereas this time it's been a very long time since we've experienced winning a match yeah Um, which it's it's going to be a big test it's not something we've um, really had to it's not really a test that this squad of players has had to come through before I don't think so it's going to be really interesting to see just how we react, whether we can go go step straight back into our um, home routine, whether, you know, getting into our home dressing room, stepping out in front of the fans, whether that we just, you know, snap right back into it, or whether being so such a long time without winning the game and actually having a couple of quite disappointing results and, and performances within that time, whether that affects our confidence, um, Coming into into turf more because that it it could be big because if we
0: yeah, it can. if
3: we've gone back a long time without winning, we then go back to turf Moor and it doesn't carry over. And even worse, we then have a mediocre performance, get maybe kind of comfortably not really in this match. Does that then start to? as a bit of um question marks to our home form does that benefit yeah. the players you know there's so, there's so many fans saying you know we're 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 safe now but you know it would be a historic It would be. i know i think it would be a historic like, just to preempt james it would be a historic um relegation if we did because but you know given our, our away form if our home form if something happens to take our home form back down to anything like our away form um level then it's it's not completely over, you know. That's the concern. Yeah. I think it's I think it's a bad, it's a really poor match for us to come back to. Actually, is this one? I think it'd be yeah, much we'd, rather we'd it...
1: prefer somebody. We'd prefer maybe like mind you saying that West Brom have had a great season. We would prefer somebody like I don't know Bournemouth at home, wouldn't we? Or just like a side who we would be a challenge, but we would be one that we would be expecting to, to win. I, I think I agree with you, and, and I think certainly the the loss of momentum and confidence um, was something that I was going to going to flag. Birdie, what's your view on this? I mean, it's like Kevin said a lot of our away performances have been built on the fact that we felt fearless at Turf Moor and every single time we stepped out there we just thought we were going to win and it's been such a long time since they experienced that and it's such a long time since we've been at home will they have lost that spark
2: no great
1: very good thank you for that James would you like to elaborate in any way (laughs) I
2: think we're going to be perfectly fine at home to be
1: honest yeah
2: Um, and as a are right I just feel like at home there's just something about being there. You know, the, the players seem more comfortable. I think, obviously, the extra support helps. I um, guess It's just hard to put your finger on it. But, you know, we've seen that, obviously, our poor away forms continue through all of the season. And it's never really affected us at home. So I think, you know, we have the strength to, to carry on through it. It's just... Yeah. Do you think, it, think it's going to gonna make a difference? Win.
1: Do you think it's going to make a difference that Kane's injured, or do you think they've they've just got enough in their squad that it's they're still going to be a very strong opposition?
2: Oh, I, I think Spurs are always going to be a pretty strong side. Yeah. Obviously,
1: they are it, a good side this season. They are they are building a really good squad, and they're just so good to watch. It's going to be uh, be entertaining. I just hope it's not uh, a, a particularly painful. I hope we compete at least. Yeah,
2: and I'd expect us to compete. You know, at home. Um, Kane is going to be a big miss for them, and and hopefully it'll mean they're lacking something something a little up front. But you know, there's a lot of good players on that side. You know, you look at Ericsson, uh, You know, Walker's been having a great season, and then they've got the option of Trippier, who's no slouch either. Yeah. I
3: mean,
2: you know, there's there's a lot of attacking threats there, and um, you know, they've been a really good side, but um, they're not Chelsea. I'd say they, you know, they're clearly very beatable. Um, and we managed to get a point against Chelsea, so there's no reason. Yeah, we can't no get reason why not. No,
1: I, I think you're right. Okay, a very quick question just to round off um, previewing the the Spurs game. Do you, quick yes or no from both of you? Do you start Brady?
3: Yeah, James. Oh, Kevin. Yes, I'm, I'm James. not James, but yeah.
1: Sorry, thanks, James. Kevin. James.
3: Kevin.
1: Yes. Good. Yeah, I agree. Who Good was that?
3: Yeah, who said that? <laughs>
1: We have an echo. Yeah, uni- I think uh, absolutely unanimously on uh, the, the panel this week is that we all start Brady and we we really go for it. And again, it, it's one of those that we would put into the, oh, I hate to use this expression, but free game category in that we've got nothing to lose. We're at home where we can get into our stride and show that slight arrogance that we have and confidence to our game where we just believe that we're going to get um, you know beat anybody on our day. So hopefully we'll be back to winning ways. With that, we have to turn to the most, my most painful feature of this podcast, and we hand over to Kevin for the Predictions League.
3: Predictions, predictions, it's the Predictions League. Predictions. <laughs> yes, <laughs> what a week it has been. I have Yay. now once again for the second week in a row i'm the only um i'm the only person to score points um um yeah really obviously crying. you guys jamie james and natalie were all far too optimistic um going for not just wins you went for comfortable wins jamie went for 2-0 but natalie and we james both went for
1: 3-0 didn't
3: we but went for both went for 3 nil. um <laughs> it's because we're I, positive too too positive you know we we get we get accused of being really we get accused of being no negative but actually we're mathematically (laughs) far too positive um (laughs) me on the other hand um i went for i i i just just couldn't see us win i don't think we're going to win um away from home this season um and i thought that before the match actually do you know when we were approaching the match i I, I regretted my prediction. I, I, just, I was convinced we were going to get beat. So, actually, in the end, for me, getting a point was quite good. Um, I didn't score um, full points. I went for a one all draw, uh, which meant I only got one point. But uh, it does mean that
0: uh-huh. in the last in
3: the last five games, um, I'm the only person to have scored points and on two occasions now, which means that's four points in two weeks.
1: Right. Well, do you want to get which, this over with and tell
3: us who's doing well? Which means well. that I'm now pretty much double the, the points of G, second place James. So I've got seventeen points. James has got nine, um, and Jamie's behind with seven. Natalie way back, well back in four that's points.
1: four. Oh my which god. Which is
3: just that's it's just painful. What getting towards the stage the Where we're we're going to have to consider your uh, position of a podcast. To <laughs> um, I
1: clearly know nothing about football. <laughs> if this
3: was if this was a job interview, you you wouldn't get it. Oh no,
1: I'm the Sunderland of the podcast. This is quite type. a
3: sad row, really, I think. <laughs>
1: It is sad well let's uh let's try and redeem ourselves, and we'll have some predictions for you. We started off with um speaking to our Jamie, who, despite being absent this week, did actually find himself a time to send us a prediction. So here is Jamie's prediction.
0: Well, sorry, I can't be with you this week. as you can tell, I've pretty much lost my voice from the weekend, and I'm also sulking because apparently were so terrible. Prediction for the Spurs game, um, feeling quite downbeat at the moment about the team, not playing very well, I say the team went very cautiously, negatively, Spurs were on a fantastic run, so unfortunately I can't see anything other than a defeat, which would be really painful because we need to pick up results at home, I'm going to go for Spurs to win 2-1.
1: And Birdie, let's have one from you. I'll let you go next.
0: Well,
2: you know, maybe not learning my lesson here about being too positive, but fancy is at home. Fancy is at home. So I'm going to say a 2
3: 1 win. Oh,
1: positive, Kevin.
3: I'm really sorry. I'm hoping my streak is going to come to an end because I'm I'm going to go for a no negative 2 1 defeat.
1: Oh, no. Well, I share James as um, positivity. Um, I just don't think we're going to win. But I do think and I think there is I think we're going to score, but I think they're going to score as well. So I'm going to go with a 1-1 draw. So on that note, I think it's about time that we brought this podcast to an end. Um, thanks everybody for listening. I think if you want to get in touch with us and leave us any suggestions or any comments, if you've got any features that you'd like us to talk about, if you head to our website, you can email us from the website, which is nonanever.net. You can also tweet us at our Twitter handle is at known and Um We will be back after the international break, where hopefully our anchorman Jamie will be back with us if he doesn't decide to skive again. But I've been Natalie Bromley. This has been the Known and Never podcast. (sighs) Bye-bye. I'm
2: going to share James's positivity, but we're not going to win.
1: Oh, yeah. That's true. (laughs) Yeah, that wasn't that positive. I think I changed my mind halfway through my prediction. I tend to wing it. I Don't tell Jamie this, but you might have sprung me, but I tend to just make it up as I'm going along. (laughs) Back. Um, The the
3: defenders in the England squad are... Michael Keane.
1: People.
3: Michael oh, Keane. I'm, to, I'm talking I'm here. Packing. Listen. I've just got on actually. Tom Heaton. And
0: Can you only hear me?
2: First in their isn't
0: it? Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app at participating restaurants. 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See McDonald's.com.